welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues in the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our crew to you. And uh, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, and look, for the first eight minutes, the video and the audio is going to be a little off, but it will correct itself. Uh, but hey, I want to start off with our special guest. So we have uh, Mike Roach, retired Secret Service. He's also an author. I think he's got 40 years law enforcement, about 26 years for the Secret Service. Uh, he wrote the, uh, the book called Mass Killers. So we'll have more information later on about how you guys can find him on the internet. And also, we have Tio Hardiman. And uh, Tio is also an author, uh, but he's an adjunct inspector, uh, instructor for criminal justice uh, professor. And uh, he is also the president of Violence Interrupters. And later on in the show, we'll have a way for you to track him down and get more information on him. And also, all retired this evening, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaler. Uh, we also have uh, Captain Brett Bartlett, Corporal David D. Gresta, and Officer Andrea Casal. So thanks, guys, for uh, being here. Appreciate that. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, Tech-Tote.com, and we are also fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping uh, make this show happen. Our next one here, we got another video coming up, and it's on YouTube. This is Butter again. Phoenix police release edited body cam footage showing an officer shooting a man with a machete. The suspect ignored the officer and continued walking southbound along 19th Avenue and eventually into the roadway. The third officer to arrive retrieved a less lethal stun bag shotgun from his patrol vehicle before approaching the suspect. He gave multiple commands for the suspect to drop the weapon. Drop the knife, bro. You're going to get stun bags. Drop the knife. Drop the knife, bro, right now. Drop the knife. And then used the stun bag shotgun when the suspect approached him. The stun bag rounds had minimal effect on the suspect, causing him only to pause for a moment before advancing towards the officer again. At this point, the officer dropped the stun bag and fired his duty weapon, striking the suspect and causing him to fall to the ground. Drop the knife! Here is an uninterrupted portion of the body worn camera video from the third officer on scene. portion of the body-worn camera video from the fourth officer on scene who positioned his vehicle in the roadway to the south of the suspect. Hey. And so, uh, look, Phoenix PD officer was at a gas station and for an unrelated call when a 
community member notified him about a man that was waving a machete. I know last we just had an axe. Now we've got a machete. So the officer sees this guy walking south on the sidewalk, eventually enters a dirt lot. And the officer, I believe this was a female officer, calls for backup, tries to keep the guy contained in the lot. So we have a body cam uh, of, of another officer, and it shows, yes, it's a female using her car as a barricade in an attempt to keep the man in the lot. Footage shows the man approaching the officer as she orders him to stay back. The man continues approaching the officer, who then unholsters her handgun and she points it at the bad guy while ordering him to drop the machete. The man appears to yell at her in Spanish before walking south and eventually into the roadway. So the third officer arrives, arms himself with a less lethal, they say a less lethal stun bag, shotgun. It looks just like a... uh, uh, beanbag rounds to me, but uh, he repeatedly orders the guy to drop the machete before he fires at the man. So these uh, rounds have little effect. And my my question, Dave, do they ever have any effect on bad guys? But the officer switches to his handgun. He has to fire multiple rounds at the bad guy. Footage shows the guy uh, collapsing shortly after being shot. Uh, he was still in the hospital when this article was written and was later scheduled to be booked in the jail. The officer who shot the man's a two-year veteran with the department assigned to the South Manhattan precinct. So that's what we have. Um, guys, comments. Brett, you want to start us off on this? I, I think Tia was going to say it again, uh, suicide by cop. You know, these, these guys understand what's going to happen to them at the end of the day. If they don't, then, you know, they should. Um, I'm not sure I would have drawn my less lethal shotgun. I think I would have had my um, my pistol or my rifle in my hand. But what was interesting is he fired those two shots. I saw two empty cases hit the floor. And he realized that's not working. So he dropped it, which is which is very rare, y'all. I think, remember years ago, we did training and we put a ticket book in somebody's hand and say, okay, shoot. And, and, and cops couldn't get rid of the ticket book out of their hands. So for somebody to throw that very expensive shotgun on the ground, I think that speaks well of, of that officer who realized well, this isn't working. I've got to step it up. Excellent. Thank you, Captain. All right, David. Oh, yeah, right on the mark. Uh, Brett was right on the mark. I, I've, I've said it before, and I, I, I still stand by it. You know, if you're in a group of uh, police officers uh, confronted with someone in a, in a lethal force situation, which this was, I don't have a problem with, with an officer trying less than least less than least lethal options especially if I've, if I've got my my partner brett beside me that i know is going to put down lethal fire if, if the if the instance turns that way and the guy starts coming toward me in this case this officer transitioned beautifully from the from the less lethal to the lethal i mean he got rid of that shotgun i mean right now hot potato kind of thing onto the ground a very very quick crisp smooth draw got on target and and put rounds on target it was that was very well done to go from one to the other to try one it doesn't work the guy turns around comes back and i'll point out the the one of the videos his body cam video you really couldn't see what this guy with the machete was doing until you saw another angle a different body cam video he was literally almost jumping up and up and down slashing the machete onto the onto the pavement in front of him as he's walking toward this officer so once again there was no doubt about intent in that situation as far as whether it was suicide by cop but he was going to force these guys to do exactly that and this officer did a very good job of it thank you all right Tio. yeah yeah i would like to just add um it's quite clear in the video presentation that i watched uh, this uh, the officer did a, another good job. I'm not saying it's just because just to be nice to officers weak or nothing like that. But I'm just being honest. The officer did a good job. 
uh, you know, gave commands to put down the machete and also fired a less lethal type of uh, weapon at the guy. And he just refused to give in. So therefore, you have no other choice. So that shouldn't be a problem right there. But you have some liber liberal people out there that would say, just let the guy walk down the street with the machete. You know, don't don't harm the guy. You got people that would you got the other side of people that would just definitely bring that type of uh, conversation to the table. But in that situation, that guy, you know, basically, you know, we, we all of us, we would love to not hurt anybody. We definitely do not want anybody to lose his or her life. But when you're a threat to an officer, a threat to society, what more can you do? You know, the police are the only people we know that would actually go run into a gunfire. You have police that run into, instead of running away from gunfire, police run to the gunfire. So you have to salute that officer in that situation right there. Now, Tio, um, you're, I mean, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but you were one of those guys that would have questioned a shoot like this more so than you would today, correct? No, I wouldn't question a shoot like that. The only times I question a shoot, you know, in Chicago, we had an officer by the name of Jason Van Dyke. He shot Laquan McDonald 16 times. Smoke was coming off the young guy's body. And once the video was released, Laquan McDonald was not a threat. He was running away from the officer. He was not running. He was skipping away from the officer. And the officer shot him 16 times. So we would question those types of shootings, okay? But in this situation, I wouldn't question. I'm more of a reasonable, reasonable person. Uh, see, what happens... Uh, Based on the actions of a few police, the entire police department gets a black eye. We got to stop thinking like that. And that's the reality right now. Uh, but we have, you know, in, in, in that video that we just talked, that we're talking about, it's clear. It's a, a perfect picture of how officer tried to defuse the situation and uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, he tried, the officer tried to not harm the individual. It didn't work out. But now the guy with the machete, once again, let's say he was an expert at throwing the machete. Then the officer could have got hit in the head with the machete hitting the leg with it, now the officer will be going to the hospital. So not that situation, not that one there. <laughs> okay, excellent, excellent. And, and of course, for anyone wondering, why didn't we just let him walk down the street? You know, the first, first civilian that guy comes across and he takes out or even injures with that, you're talking about a ton of liability because the cops didn't do what they were trained to do. So, um, so right. thanks, guys. Um, excellent commentary. Andrea Casal. Well, and all I think you need to do is show a couple of videos of people that have been cut with machetes. I think that, you know, the general public hasn't, they're not used to seeing people that have been cut with machetes. I've seen people's ears cut off. I've seen people's fingers, you know, that have been sliced off. I think that if you showed some of those things and people realize just how damaging and how quickly that can happen, um, not that people want to see that, but if they saw that and you see why law enforcement has to react the way that they do, there are reasons for, you know, deadly force with machetes, with knives, with, you know, sharp wedge, sharp edged weapons. Um, so there are a number of things. Sorry, Dave and I are having a hard time with words today. <laughs> anyway, but I think that if you show that, then you'll see why you have to react the way that you have to react. All right. Thank, thanks, Andrea. And, and Tio, um, I'll meet your mic real quick. I want you to, um, our, our users that are watching the show that maybe want to get more information about you, your background. Yes. Um how can they how can they find you? Yeah, you can visit my website, violenceinterrupters.org. That's violenceinterrupters.org. My email information is there and a lot of information on my program. And let me say this quickly also. Uh, I, I attended a, a training on self-defense training with, with people that might approach you with a knife. And an expert knife, uh, a person that was an expert in working with machetes and, and, and knives and switchblades, he had probably stabbed me around five times before I can even make a move because he knew what he was doing. 
I thought I knew what I was doing, right? So you have to be extremely careful. And like the young lady said, people that get cut up with machetes and stuff like you cannot cannot take it for granted. Even if a person's down on the ground, you don't know if they're really down or not. You don't know if they're down and out. They might be down, but they may not be out. So you have to eliminate, you know, you have to do the best you can and uh, use a little discretion in those type of situations. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Theo. All right, guys. Um, and, uh, you know, we do not have producer Will on the show. <laughs> Last time I heard from him, he was like, you know, involved. There was this long pursuit. He was, of course, the lead car because the cops were chasing him. There were three or four accidents around the Atlanta area that slowed him down. And then last thing I heard, his car was disabled or something. So he, he may pop up before we're done, but I'm, I'm not going to, you know, put any money on it. Uh, so let's see, moving along here, then uh, we've got another main topic. Uh, now, this is interesting. And I, I just happened to see this by accident on Facebook of all places. Uh, but I, it's on Facebook.com and also uh, ASPPA.org, which is the American Society of Pension Professionals and Actuaries. Um, hey, Brett, that would be an exciting field to get into, <laughs> being an actuary, right? So it's titled Repeal the Windfall Elimination Provision, which is known as WEP, and the Government Pension Offset, the GPO. Um, I suspect that most of the people on the show know what that is but not everybody. Um, so just in short, um, it is, um, these are benefit formulas that reduce social security benefits uh, for people, for workers and their eligible family members if they receive or if they're entitled to a pension based on earnings from employment that was not covered by social security. Um, so for instance, um, you know, I work for Tampa Police Department. We had a private pension. They did not take out social security out of my check when I was a cop for 30 years. However, the work that I did before becoming a police officer and some off-duty stuff that I did while a cop where I did pay in the Social Security, I did get 40 quarters in, so I, I do have Social Security benefits. But because of these two things, the windfall elimination clause and the government pension offset, it reduces my uh, Social Security benefit check by 66%. So I'm going to get about one-third of what I would normally have gotten in Social Security. We're going to take a commercial break real quick, and I will finish this in just one second. All right. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and the only company they offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Thank you, David, for uh, for keeping me in line since producer Will is gone. And and uh, Mike, I don't know if you, Mike Roach, I don't know if you know that uh, that gunlearn.com, it's actually Dan O'Kelly's uh, company who's retired from ATF. So good, good company. Yeah, I, I remember Dan from ATF. We were uh, shared the same floor there in Tampa. And, uh, of course, uh, he and Brett are uh, bosom buddies as well. Yeah, I bet you could tell us some stories about Dan, couldn't you, Mike? Uh, well, not about Dan too much, but more about Brett. Well, dude, I would love to hear some of that later <laughs> on the live show. That would be excellent. So. 
Um, all right, guys, but uh, let's see where we left off here. Uh, yeah, talking about this uh, windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. Uh, so I kind of explained to you an example on how this thing works. So this, uh, the uh, WEP, the windfall elimination provision, was actually enacted in 1983. So right back when I that's the same year I started my police career. And then by December of 2021, approximately, they estimate that 2 million people, which is about 3% of all Social Security beneficiaries, will be affected by it. And uh, now they've got the Social Security Fairness Act of 2021. So on January 4th, 2021, uh, Representative Rodney Davis, Democrat in Illinois, introduced H.R. 82. And it's the House version of the Social Security Fairness Act of 2021. And it would eliminate uh, both these provisions and on April the 22nd, uh, Senator Sherrod Brown, which is a Democrat in Ohio, introduced the Senate version of that, which is 1302. And uh, so H.R. 82 was referred to the House Ways and Means Committee, uh, which has not taken action on it yet. And then uh, the Senate Bill 1302 was referred to the Senate Finance Committee, which likewise has not um, acted on it yet. However, uh, very important stuff if you have a private pension um, and you still qualify for Social Security, but they want to jam you. I attended a workshop, a retirement workshop, before I pulled the plug, and I had a Social Security representative there that told me that the reason they do that is to uh, give my money that I earn to less fortunate people that don't have private pensions. So that's why I'm only going to get a you know a third of the benefit that I paid in for. So I, I know Brett. I see the uh, I hear the uh, concert applause. Are there any comments on this at all, guys? I have it listed as a main story, so. Um, anything I, I, you know, if you guys Google it, you can find it. They are acknowledging, uh, people that are supporting it right now in Congress. I think they need a, a handful of more votes in order to hopefully get this thing through. What do you think, Corporal? I mean, I, looking at the article, it, it was talking about, it's in, you know, the varying committees and they're studying it and all that sort of thing. I think some of the first ones were, they were put in in like 2021 sometime, but, um, it, it's it's almost one of those you know head scratches you kind of go okay I, I was a cop for you know 28 but then for another 10 or 15 i, I worked at, at at other places where i paid into social security and did all that sort of stuff and but now you're not eligible to get any of that back um well, okay cool you know i got my quarters but no you're not getting anything so it's yeah i, I never understood it but hopefully i'm always hopeful <laughs> no yeah it just uh, just doesn't seem fair all right. Thanks, guys. Look, uh, FLG, man, MVS, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, appreciate it. And for all of our uh, our users, subscribers that watch as well, a shout out to Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com. Also, Bang Energy for fueling us. Uh, appreciate that. And thank you to our special guests, Mike Roach and T.O. Hardiman. And guys, we will uh, put your links up to your sites up on our, our show this week. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week.